Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a paid podcast. iHeartRadio's hosting of this podcast constitutes neither an endorsement of the products offered or the ideas expressed. The following program is brought to you by NYU Langone Health. It's Katz's Corner with Dr. Aaron Katz, your trusted expert in men's health, providing straight talk on a wide range of men's health topics and advice on how to live your healthiest life. Now on 710 WOR, it's the chairman of urology at NYU Langone Hospital, Long Island. Here is Dr. Aaron Katz. Well, good morning, everyone. And Welcome again to Cancer's Corner here on WOR, iHeartHealth. Uh, so glad you could join us this morning here. We have a wonderful show for you today, and we'll be talking about uh, issues that may come up with your knees. And we have uh, Dr. Richard Savino with us this morning, clinical assistant professor. I've asked him to join us in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the NYU Grossman Long Island School of Medicine, and he is also the Chief Orthopedic Surgeon, uh, the Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Long Island Community Hospital, and recently NYU has expanded its medical services and uh, to the eastern part of Long Island. And uh, Dr. Savino has a, really is an expert in orthopedic surgery and deals with conditions of the knee, including something called robotic total knee replacement with smart implants that we'll be discussing this morning. Really a very interesting uh, topic, especially if you've had uh, any uh, issues with your knees. And maybe if we have time permits, I know that he also does a lot of total shoulder replacement surgery there. And uh, so we'll hopefully we'll get into all of that. Good morning, Richard. So glad you could join us here on Katz's Corner. Well, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And maybe you could just start out by telling us, you know, when, um, let's say you're out on a weekend and, uh, you know, you're playing sports or maybe you're just walking around or getting up out of bed wrong and you notice, ah, you know, my knee just doesn't feel right. Maybe I popped something or it hurts or now I'm having some difficulty walking. Is there anything at home that you think people should do first before they, um, any kind of a test or, or assessment at home that people can do before they should uh, seek the advice of, of someone like yourself? Well, that's a very good question. So the start for knees is, you know, most people when they injure their knee or they're having any concerns about their knee, their first, uh, you know, thought is to go to the emergency room or go to an outpatient uh, clinic or, you know, one of these newer, you know, pop-up kind of urgent care centers, which the vast majority of the time what they're going to do is plus or minus an x-ray and tell you, you know, there's something going on with your knee, you should probably see a specialist, an orthopedic surgeon, you know, such as myself. So oftentimes, to your point, it's not the best use of your time. So RICE, you know, the acronym that we use for most uh, of our sports injuries, I see a ton of weekend uh, warriors, you know, I've been involved in a lot of professional athletes as well. So RICE stands for rest ice, compression, and elevate. So if you've tweaked your knee, you know, obviously if you can't walk and you've heard a crack or, you know, your knee is locked, that's a different 
issue. But if it's tweaked and it's bothering you and, and you're having trouble, you know, putting weight on it or, you know, walking normally, you could try, you know, some rest, some anti-inflammatories if you're allowed to do that, Motrin's, Advil's, Aleve's, ice, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, you know, compression, you could put one of those knee sleeves on. But if your knee swells up and you go past a day or two, then really probably a good idea to see, you know, an orthopedic surgeon or a sports medicine doctor to try to get, you know, a better idea of what's going on. Everybody comes in, wants to get an MRI right away in, you know, our in our managed care scenarios now, that's often not possible to do right away. Um, but you certainly, uh, it's a good idea to try to get evaluated for it. Yeah, that's great advice. And do you think you can get much information just from that plain x-ray rather than going to the MRI? I know that obviously it's more expensive to get the MRI, but can can yeah. oftentimes the diagnoses just be made with a good old standard plain x-ray of the knee and a yes good and examination? No. Yeah, yeah, depending on what you're having. So obviously if it's a soft tissue problem, you know, if you sprain the ligament or tweaked your knee or even torn a meniscus cartilage to shock absorber in your knee, you're not really going to see anything on x-ray. So it's not going to be all that relevant. However, uh, if you have arthritic change or bony changes in your knee, and now this is a uh, exacerbation of that problem, then certainly sometimes all we need is an, a plain x-ray. So that's why, you know, to see somebody that specializes in, in knees and or the treatment of them, sometimes you can you can skip the step, but x-rays are usually really the first step for everybody. And again, if we see, you know, significant arthritic change, then getting an MRI is, is not all that useful often. Right. So certainly just uh, initially uh, try to rest and, and take it easy at home and ice. Uh, but then if, uh, if that's not working out, then uh, you need to really escalate it and see someone like, like yourself. What, um, what, what is new in the field? Um, so I guess there are different conditions, obviously, of the knee, as you mentioned. There's, there's the arthritic conditions of bone on bone, and then there's the, the sprain or a tendon. Um, are, are there uh, some new advances that you're seeing in, in, in the field? I know you've been in the field for, for a while, but what are you excited about in terms of the, um, the newer things, the newer types of treatments that can be very helpful for people? Yeah, so um, that's... So I started out as a sports medicine doctor, you know, very early in my career and, and was treating, you know, very, when I was much younger, treating, you know, younger patients, higher level athletes. But as time goes on, you know, obviously a lot of these athletes, uh, their knees uh, tend to develop arthritic issues. Um, so I became much more interested in trying to keep people active for a longer period of time. So... It's not all about, um, you know, getting people right back out on the field with a cortisone injection or something like that. It's about, um, you know, now treating the wear and tear and the years of abuse that some people put their knees through. So I got very interested early on uh, in technology and advancements in knee, um, you know, replacements and in, you know, higher end knee procedures um, because, you know, uh, there's a, a large population 
uh, now that are active much later in life and want to remain active even after they have some injuries and problems with their knees. So I started out with navigated uh, knee surgery, both for you know for ligament reconstruction. That's where I started, uh, and then it sort of transitioned over into total knee replacements. And navigated means that. You know, we sort of teach a computer, uh, you, the patient's anatomy, their hip, knee, and ankle, uh, and we use infrared trackers, and there's different, you know, there's different ways to do it, um, but it allows us now in a real time during the surgery to know for that particular patient the operation that we're doing, what the effects are going to be on their ligaments, on their range of motion, on the stability of their knee. And that's blossomed uh, now into robotics-assisted surgery uh, with knee replacements, and uh, it's also uh, led to the invention and the implementation now of smart knees. You know, we all have smartphones, and or a lot of us have smartphones and smart TVs, but now you actually can get a, a smart knee implanted. Let me just drop back one second. Uh, there's a lot of information there. Just in terms of a total knee replacement, why is it is it the bone destruction? Why why would someone need that? Yeah, so it was good good idea to back up. So so a knee replacement is really for somebody your knee, you know, all your joints have cartilage, and the cartilage protects the ends of the bones from rubbing on one another. And for one reason or another, you know, uh, you can have trauma, you can have hereditary issues, you know, a number of things can lead to the destruction or the wearing of that cartilage. So now the bone uh, becomes exposed, and most people are familiar with the bone-on-bone expression where now the cartilage, the protective covering, has worn away, and now your bones are grinding on one another. Um, And once you get to that point, um, you know, unfortunately, scientifically, we haven't been able to really regrow a knee joint in a petri dish yet. Um, although I'm sure that answer, you know, will come in the future. Um, but what we need to do, uh, oftentimes, as a solution, is perform a knee replacement. Now, there are partial knee replacements, there are total knee replacements, but what they entail is basically removing the worn ends of the cartilage and bone and replacing it generally with metal and plastic so that the bones no longer rub on one another and create that pain and restricted range of motion and disability that most people with advanced arthritis get. I see. Uh, that makes sense. Now, now I've also heard about things like stem cells or things that can be injected to help that, that cartilage, that lining of the bone. Is that something that would be used in, in this type of a scenario or not? So that's a area of orthopedics that is exploding uh, in stem cell treatment and Mm -hmm. uh, biologics are, as I mentioned before, most likely eventually really going to be the answer for most maladies um, that that Mm -hmm. I treat. But unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. However, it can be very misleading. It's very hard to know exactly what people are talking about with stem cells. One yeah. of the procedures or one of the treatment options that we uh, entail or utilize is something called PRP or platelet-rich plasma. Yes, where that I've heard. We do yes. a blood draw. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, 
spin it in the centrifuge. We concentrate the healing factors, including a patient's platelets, and we inject that into the knee or, you know, different areas. It can be used in tendonitis and tennis elbow, different things. Now, some people do refer to that as stem cell treatment. However, you really generally, when you're doing that type of procedure, don't have stem cells involved in that scenario, but you can add stem cells. So they can come from fat tissue. You can do a bone marrow aspiration and add stem cells. But most people, when they're thinking about stem cells, are thinking about embryonic stem cells. And that's a whole another level of discussion where, you know, um, we really don't have that ability uh, to uh, offer that currently. Uh, but we do, you know, we can add stem cells to the um, aspirates and, and inject that into the knee. But to my knowledge, there's no really good study that shows that that regrows cartilage at this point. So not really an answer, uh, but PRP can uh, in certain maladies, you give you uh, buy you some time, but it doesn't reverse the course. You guys are doing that here at NYU. Uh, that, that that PRP. Absolutely. So, you know, when you're looking okay. at treatment options and you look at injections for to- for knee arthritis, you know, generally there's three levels of injections, and of course there's all kinds of different treatments that are out there, but. The, the ones that we generally focus in on are cortisone steroid shots. That's usually number one, uh, unless you're a diabetic or, you know, there's issues with that, limited to usually twice a year. Then a lot of people talk about the gel shots or the lubricant shots, and then PRP injections, uh, which are the where we draw, draw the blood and inject. Now, that's not normally covered by insurance. Uh, the PRPs, and sometimes the lubricant shots are covered and sometimes they're not. It's largely um, dependent on your insurance. Um, So the gel shots, you know, generally the idea behind that is that it coats the surface, allows things to glide better, Um, and the PRP, like I said, is kind of like an immune boost scenario to your knee as well. But the cortisone scientifically in general has been shown uh, to give you a pretty good pain relief, um, cut down on inflammation, and buy people time. But again, it's a Band-Aid. It's not something that's going to reverse what's going on. If you're just waking up in the morning here on Katz's Corner, we're talking with Dr. Richard Savino, clinical assistant professor in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at NYU Grossman Long Island School of Medicine and also the chief of orthopedic surgery at Long Island Community Hospital, uh, clearly an expert on orthopedics and the area of of knee disorders and knee reconstructive surgery. We're going to talk about um, the different types of knee replacement surgery and robotic knee replacement. But if you'd like to see him uh, in a consultation, I can give you the phone number, and I'll announce it again at the end of the show, 631-228-5801. That number again is 631-228-5801. Dr. Richard Savino, you can also check him out on the NYU Langone website, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Long Island Community Hospital. And Richard, we got into talking about uh, different types of uh, scenarios that people may need some knee uh, treatments, whether it be injections, and uh, you were talking about PRP. And then we started talking about uh, how someone may need a, a conventional knee replacement or even something new called a robotic knee replacement. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. That seems really exciting. So a 
robotic knee replacements now are generally, you can do a, um, a total knee replacement now with the assistance of a robot. So what we do is rather than manually aligning these knee replacements, what we do is we mount to the femur, which is the leg bone, and the tibia, which is the shin bone tracker, essentially just through little small incisions. And then um, the robot is in the operating room with us. It's not, you know, I'm not sitting at home uh, with a cup of coffee letting the robot do the procedure, but it's in there with us, and then it has an infrared camera on it. And we map out the patient's particular knee at the time of surgery. They don't need any other studies, no CT scans or MRIs. We do it at the time of surgery. And we map out the knee. We teach the robot the hip, knee, and ankle of that particular patient. And then what the robot does is it gives us real-time information based on what we are looking at as far as making the cuts and the different angles and the patient's um, range of motion and the patient's ligaments and how tight they are and how well it might balance in flexion and extension when the knee is straight, when it's bent, when they're going up and down the stairs to try to really fine-tune the knee replacement for that particular patient. And, you know, the the analogy that I use all the time as a car person is you can buy a $500 tire, uh, but if the person who puts it on doesn't align it and balance it properly, uh, it can wear out very quickly. You know, the thought process Mm -hmm. is by getting this aligned and, and working with the person's particular anatomy as opposed to just making generalized cuts and, and, and lining things up you know, the way that we normally did, um, we hopefully can make these things, uh, make, make the patient recover faster um, and also hopefully make this knee replacement last longer because we're doing these in younger and younger patients now. It really seems like a personalized surgical approach rather than a kind of a one knee size fits all. I mean, this is this robotic seems like a tremendous uh, advancement. What what have you seen in the post-operative period? Is it is it a quicker recovery? Is it um, less pain? Is it a quicker hospital stay? Uh, what, what have you seen? Yeah, so a lot of it is anecdotal, you know, uh, from a standpoint now, but mm-hmm. um, I've been doing uh, the robotic knee surgery for over a year. Uh, the vast majority of my patients now uh, go home on the same day. Uh, walking with no restrictions um, it's, really? uh, enabled me personally to make a smaller incision. Um, mm-hmm. And the the robot uh, is also allowing me to do what I consider, what's considered in the in the field as more of a kinematic knee. In other words, aligning it kind of based on the patient's anatomy and ligaments and doing less soft tissue sort of stripping and manipulation. And uh, anecdotally, it's seeming that my patients are recovering faster, they're getting their range of motion faster, and they're, um, you know, moving better uh, and and happier um, with their ultimate, you know, result. And is it a reduction in the time? I, I assume that after a knee replacement, you're walking with a cane or a walker for a while and going through physical yeah, it's not therapy? Unusual, um, for my patients to come in on their post-op, you know, two-week visit, uh, not using anything, believe it or not. But yeah, wow. you leave with a That's walker great. and then transition mostly to a cane. Um, to a cane. But there are a 
lot of patients that uh, pretty are off of that pretty quick. I mean, do you need some type of specialized training for, for that? I mean, I, I don't know, does, do all of the hospitals do this robotic knee replacement? I would imagine there's some specialized training that you would you would yeah, need to you, do you this. Yeah, certainly, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good question because, um, you know, robots have been uh, popularized mostly in the general surgery um, field, and there are now robotic uh, fellowships and uh, tremendous requirements in order to actually be able to do robotic surgery. In in orthopedics, you certainly do need uh, you know training um, and be able to uh, demonstrate that you are able to use it. It does it, it provides you with a tremendous amount of information, but. It's like any um, technology. If you don't put the right information into it, you might not get the right information out. So it's not something that you can blindly trust, and that does take some training to be able to make sure that the what the robot is suggesting is also clinically relevant. Um, and that comes with experience and training, and uh, you know, working on cadavers and. Um, you know, sort of slowly implementing this into your into your practice. Now, I understand. I, I was reading that you had done the first robotic smart knee. Uh, is that what we're talking about? Is, it, is that or is that something different? So you done the first robot. So the robot enables you to implant the knee. Um, the smart knee is a newer development that uh, is a component that goes on the knee replacement itself. It doesn't mean anything to the patient. It's it's the same incision. They don't pay any more for it. It doesn't change the surgery at all. It's just an attachment that goes on. And the attachment transmits data to a base station. So this SmartNee really sounds like it's a, an additional advance. Is, is that right, Dr. Savino? It is. It really gives us real-time information. It downloads nightly, and it shows us um, the patient's range of motion. It shows us the patient, how many steps the patient is taking. It shows us uh, their cadence. And with that information, it also gives us uh, recovery curves. It compares patients in age match groups um, at their particular time postoperatively. And it shows us and it shows the patient because they also have this information on their smartphone. Uh, it shows them how they're comparing to people who are two, four, six weeks post-op. And uh, it's been very useful for uh, motivating patients and giving them real data to show them how they're doing, either too much or too little. Yeah, I, I can imagine that that would be an, an, a tremendous advance. Uh, well, congratulations on doing the, uh, the first uh, Smart Knee here on Long Island. And I, I know that you'll be, I'm sure as the chief of orthopedics at Long Island Community Hospital, we'll be doing many more. Uh, maybe you could tell us as the chief, and I um, know you recently were appointed there, uh, what is the, the vision for uh, your department out there, and what do you see uh, as the future? So the Long Island Community Hospital in Patchogue uh, for many years was not doing a tremendous amount of elective orthopedics, uh, but now with the uh, collaboration with NYU, um, we've uh, grown uh, the department already uh, with the addition of one of the groups out there, Advanced Orthopedics, and um, a number of other physicians that are uh, already on board or are slated to come on board to have uh, 
pretty much a full complement of doctors that provide uh, soup to nuts, hand surgery, uh, trauma surgery, sports medicine, uh, adult reconstruction, spine. Um, so now uh, patients uh, in and around that area have access uh, to NYU quality um, protocols and procedures and physicians. Don't need to go to uh, Mineola or into the city, um, and I think it's a tremendous asset for Suffolk. Yeah, access to care there for so many people uh, out on the eastern part of Long Island. And as we were talking about, you did the, the first uh, robotic Smartney. Any other any other firsts that you've uh, done recently? So I did the first uh, hip scope out there um, in uh, the, uh, they were not aware that uh, that had been done. And uh, so I did the first hip arthroscopy, uh, which is another procedure that uh, can hopefully stave off patients from needing hip replacement in the right uh, diagnoses. Uh, we're doing revision knee replacements and, and uh, revision joint surgery there as well. Um, and uh, we have a, a, a lot of new things coming down the line. We have a uh, joint fellowship trained uh, physician that's coming uh, in September, and he's going to be offering uh, the newest and latest anterior hip replacements and um, really uh, offering our Suffolk residents, you know, cutting edge uh, orthopedics at uh, in Patchogue. That's terrific, and congratulations on accomplishing all of that. I know that you really have turned the, the department around quite a bit and bringing all of this new innovative technology that really has been only in major academic, a few major academic centers around the country. And here you are out in uh, Suffolk, Long Island, and really have started a tremendous, tremendous uh, program out on Long Island. Uh, certainly patients uh, that are out there, are, or even in Nassau County, certainly should highly consider seeing you. I'll give you the number one more time for Dr. Richard Savino. The number is 631-228-5801. That number again is 631-228-5801. And certainly lots of hope for people that um, I know, I, you know, as a urologist, I certainly see lots of, you know, elderly men uh, in my practice that have undergone uh, knee replacement surgery, hip surgery. Um, and to see these advances, I mean, you've been in the field for a while and it must be really uh, remarkable for you to see it, you know, for me as, as well, you know, no longer, we, we don't do any open prostate surgery, it's all robotics, and now you're doing this, uh, which I really wasn't even aware of, frankly, this robotic knee, which really sounds uh, really incredible and tailored and personalized to the individual patient, which is which is really what you want. And you're, you're already, although it may be, as you said, anecdotal and maybe early on, but you're really starting to see the benefits, aren't you, for so yeah. many of these patients? very exciting time. And like you said, you know, to be able to offer this as a homegrown Long Islander, uh, you know, to patients and family in the area, it's great. Congratulations on all of that. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. It was terrific. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Again, uh, that's Dr. Richard Savino. Number is 631-228-5801. That's the end of the show. Richard, thank you so much for spending the time with us this morning. Really appreciate you coming on Katz's Corner. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. My pleasure. Well, that's the end of the show, everyone. Have a great day. Tune in every Sunday here on Katz's Corner, and we'll be back next week with a great show. Have a great day. This is Dr. Aaron Katz. You've been listening to Katz's Corner. 
Come back every week to hear more straight talk on a wide range of men's health topics and advice on how to live your healthiest life. The proceeding was a paid podcast. iHeartRadio's hosting of this podcast constitutes neither an endorsement of the products offered or the ideas expressed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.